Okay, who's the bigger boss, Scarface or Pat Riley? Man, you play. I don't know how you answer that. If I were going to title this episode, it would be Miami Hustle. This is a pair of Miami moguls who came ready to party and share some trade secrets. Hip-hop icon, multi-platinum artist and businessman Rick Rose Ross, and three-time NBA champion, 17-year vet with the Miami Heat, Udonis Haslam. These guys are great friends whose paths to incredible success have a lot in common. The dream, the grind it took to get the glory, and motivation that fueled their fire that they say is unique to South Florida. That's the Miami hustle. And this is my conversation with two highly entertaining guys. I know you guys go back, right? But where are you right now? What's hot? What's going on in your lives? Well, for myself right now, I'm, I'm right here in Miami. I'm in Miami, Florida. I'm putting the last touches on my album. So I'm at the crib. You know, that's what we call 305, the crib. So I'm at the crib. Yeah. <laughs> I'm right around the corner from it. I just got back to the crib. So uh, I'm home too, man. And uh, just took a little business meeting. So, you know, I stay I stay uh, inspired by the big homie. You feel me? So like one thing about us, man, and I want people to know the hustle, like the Miami hustle, like ain't no hate down here. Like we inspire each other. Everything I see him do, like, I'm, I'm mimicking it in my own way. You know what I'm saying? So keep inspired, big homie. You already know what it is. I keep telling you that. That's vice versa. You know, when I look at when I look at my little bro, UD, you know, from being at the Gators to him coming to the crib, playing for the Heat, you know, winning championships, being a leader, inspiring the city, you know, just staying connected. And it's so hard to do once you make it to his level. So I'm proud of you, homie, and I commend you. And that's coming from myself and 305. Yes, sir. What's that energy? Because it is a thing. It's it's slightly, I want to say, it is kind of different from other areas, right? Man, we at the bottom of the map. They looking down on us. You know, you know what I'm saying? They've been looking down on us. You feel me? We at the bottom of the map. They've been looking down on us. That's how I, that's how I mentality. Yeah. How'd y'all first meet? Um, how I first met, bro. I'm gonna be honest. It's it's it, it goes so far back I can't even recall. Way back, man. Way back. Remember one of his homeboys used to date my cousin, and like they wanted okay. a jersey, so I sent the jersey to my cousin, and his homeboy got it. And then I heard they say big homie wanted the jersey. He was like, "Nah, I gotta have that." So like I had that. Yeah. Well. So you talked about finishing some music, putting the finishing touches. Rose, what can you share with us about what that's going to sound like? Well, I'm I'm working on my latest project. It'll be dropping this summer, titled "Richer Than I Ever Been." And it's most definitely about entrepreneurship, you know, okay. accomplishing, not just chasing your dreams anymore, but accomplishing them. You know what I'm saying? Let's follow them all the way through. Jot it down on paper first, then let's go execute it. You know, and that's what I'm talking about. Let's go get it. You know, just for everybody who you can't be counted out for anybody that don't believe in you. That's cool. That's what come with this. But just make sure you go hard. And that's all I'm talking about. And here we are. I can't wait. You're going hard with the Miami Heat, right? I know y'all are are putting it together, trying to to get another championship run going, right? How are things? You know, I think it's only right. We commend them for, for last season. We ain't over that. Yes, sir. Man, I heard the city went crazy. We was in the bubble locked in, man. But I heard the city went crazy. So we appreciate the love. Always, big homie. Always. You know, I seen you tapped in on the screen, too, a couple of times. 
yeah, 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 yeah. And I'll be keeping up with Instagram. I hope them boys paid that tab. It was a couple tabs needed to be paid, big homie. I hope them boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was up there with Dr. Dre and them. Them boys was talking crazy. We stood yeah, up, and okay. guess what? It ain't go how they thought it was. I was proud yeah, for yeah. the crib. I was proud for the heat. But most definitely, yeah. you know the role you play, homie. Everybody looking at you. Everybody looking at you on that court. You the leader of the team. You know what I'm saying? And you a great inspiration, homie. Straight up. They remember you when you had the braids going to the back. They know what it is. You feel me? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Rose, tell me about those tabs. A couple Celtic tabs. A couple people was talking crazy. A big homie say, put your money where your mouth is. And I'm going to let him finish that. Most definitely. And we, you know, we went shopping. I'm going to say that. I was thinking about that, what that must have been like for you, watching it the way you had to watch it and to see this team take the Lakers as far as they did as a five seed. That's what I'm trying to tell you. I believe I believed in us from day one. You know, I remember at the beginning of the season, I remember this, what the shit they were saying. Yo, if we, it'll be a blessing if we end up 500. Yeah. They was talking yeah. reckless. And that's why I made sure I held them to it. I DM'd them all. I went back and forth, and I ended up, you know, at the, the, the first game, I was in L.A. at Dr. Dre's house. You know, so those Laker fans, them, they get a little excited. Yeah. That's, I'm going to say that at the least. You know, I had to talk my shit, and I rep, you know what I'm saying? And, and trust me, I walked out of there with my head up, back to back to back. It's the Miami hustle, man. I, I was able to inspire my teammates from just being, like, who I am. Like, I, I was able to inject that shit into my teammates. Like, this who he is. They look down on us. They don't expect shit from us. You know what I'm saying? They talking crazy about us. We, you know what I'm saying? So I was able to inject that shit, that spirit, into my team. And that's just how we, that's how we was able to do what we did. Like, you can't, you can't, there's certain things that you can't really measure. You feel me? And it was, and, and when we got in that bubble, was there, a, was there a moment like that? Like a moment where you really stood up? Maybe one defining moment that you felt like? Nah, I mean, from the jump, I already let my team know what time it was, man. We got to beat the bubble before we can win a game. Like, most motherfuckers going to be already lost the mental before they even step on the basketball court. Most people worry about what they ain't got. They ain't at home. They ain't with their wives. They ain't with their kids. They ain't got their video games. They can't eat what they want to eat. <laughs> off rip. Off rip. I told my team, we got to beat the bubble before we can win a game. So I'm sitting in my room. If you go go look at the videos, I'm eating Campbell's soup. I got a combat pack. I got Hennessy and a water bottle. Like, I'm living like that out there because I already told my team, like, this is what we finna do. We ain't coming out here to live comfortable because this ain't where we at. This ain't our home. We ain't, this ain't, we ain't come here to be comfortable. So y'all get comfortable being uncomfortable in this motherfucker. Right, right, right. Rick, so watching that unfold at Dr. Dre's house, what's that like? Can you take me inside that scene? Well, you know, we in the studio. Of course, we working with the legend. We working with the legend and, uh, you know, we being creative. But of course, you know, the game going down tonight. I'm a Heat fan. I'm the only Heat fan in the house. Just imagine that. Imagine 20 people in the house. The house is $55 million. I'm the only Heat right. fan in the house. I'm out there. And, uh, you know, you know what's going down. And they're excited. They volume up <laughs> a little bit. You know what I mean? You know how it goes. But guess what I'm doing? I'm talking that Heat game shit. You did? Because for one, we already won being here. Y'all counters, y'all thought we wouldn't even break even. That's what they don't understand, big homie. We put the Celtics to sleep. We sent Tatum them home. Then that's the homie too. Tatum the homie. But we Love. sent them home. Then we went all the way. I'm trying to tell you. We had the one already. That's, I mean. that's why I was excited and I was joyous and proud of the squad. 
that's what I'm trying to say. Everybody right now, they focus on the Lakers. And yeah, we didn't get the ultimate goal done, but what we had to do to get to where we was. Right, right, right. Salute to my teammates, man. I appreciate all them boys, man, for trusting in me and laying it out there. That must carry on. Like that means something, you know, right? Like that chemistry that you rallied in them, that carries on now, right? Are there ways that you see that? Oh man, yeah. I mean, when you talk about like what what we do and what I do, like it's a real culture. Like people don't know, like it's a culture created before I even got to the Miami. Like I had a coach at Miami High. It was standard set when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Like we had most state championships in the state of Florida. Like I played for the great Frank Martin, you know what I'm saying, who's at South Carolina right now. You feel me? Like, so all the OGs always came back and held us to a standard. My senior year, we went 36 and one. And people was wondering how the hell we lost one game. So, like, I've been a part of a coach. I've been a part of the OGs coming back and holding you to a standard and keeping you accountable. Because right now, accountability, that shit, like a foreign language. Accountable, it's okay when you want somebody else to be accountable, but when you want that person to be accountable or when you want that person to sacrifice, nobody really understand that, man. So, I'm from the old school, and the rules don't change, man. You might change the game, but you ain't going to change the rules. And that's why the OG Pat Riley, you know what I mean, the Spolstra Nostra got to extend that contract another 15 seasons because we need that OG on our side. You dig? Y'all know what it is, man. Inspiration, man. Inspiration. What is it that those OGs do so well that people uh, wouldn't know if they didn't play for them? What's the secret there? Well, I can tell you one. You know, me me being at the Heat games for the last, I can't count how many seasons and, and watch what going on. If you watch the same teams that get violent with all these other teams when they come to the Miami Heat Arena, when they play the Heat. As long as my brother that's on this line with us was on that court, they stayed in line. They stayed in line. You got to know, you got to know my big homie presence. His presence mean a lot. You understand? So that's why we always been able to be a class act. You're looking at him right now. That's just how I go. It's a lot of other teams that are coming houses and disrespect the house. But that ain't happened. That, that ain't never happened with us. We got real G's. That's what OG's. When we say OG's, that's what I'm talking about, you know? And that go beyond basketball. You, you better know what I'm saying? That. When we talk about OG's, you know what I'm saying? It's people that ain't here right now today, you know what I'm saying? Or on these calls that me and Ross tap in with Davey, you know what I'm saying? And they got our ears, you know what I'm saying, on a lot of topics. I consider Ross one of my OGs. You know what I'm saying? That's why I always address him as big homie. I consider whether it's not in basketball, but it's in life. You know what I'm saying? We ain't got to talk every day for me to appreciate how he moving and what he getting done out here. You feel me? And for me to mimic it in my own way and take the things that I have, you know, that I've gained through basketball because we've all created certain contacts through what we do. He's created certain contacts to make it great music. I've created certain contacts to winning championships. And to take those contacts and to use them in a way where I can empower the people around me, man. And I read the big homie say this, man. That's how you really value success, man. Not by what you got in your pocket, but how the people around you eat, how the people around you move. And I remember that. You said that, big homie. So once again, this OG shit go beyond basketball. Right, right, right. Where did you learn that, Ross? Um, I was really given a lot of wisdom from, you know, dudes that I grew up watching around me. That's the only way I could put it. You know what I mean? A lot of hustlers down here, man. They got to tell them, big homie, keep it real. It's a lot of hustlers. Down it's here. a lot of hustlers, a lot of big dreamers, and a lot of homies who won. I watched people that I grew up with who started with nothing win. 
And of course, anytime I could sit around and get the them words of wisdom, and you know, they always told me, regardless of you know how successful you become, you got to keep going like you ain't got nothing. Yeah. You know, so here we are, 15 years in the game for me, still making music, still highly sought after, and we still winning. And I still got a passion and a love for it. Because if I didn't, I couldn't even fake it, straight up. Our podcast is presented by AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone, AutoZone. All right, so driving with one headlight, not cool. Pretty bad situation, right? It's dangerous and it's ugly. And if you replace only one bulb, you could have a problem with the other side just a few weeks later. Fortunately, you can get your headlights looking their very best with a little help from AutoZone. No shock here, but great visibility is about more than just the bulbs. To get maximum visibility, you need to pay attention to both your bulbs and your assemblies. The assemblies are the plastic casings your bulbs shine through. So for the bulbs, you want cooler white light to show more contrast and clarity on reflective surfaces and road markings. Fortunately, 30 minutes with a headlight restoration kit and you'll be shocked at how clear your assemblies look. Replace dim or worn out headlights with new bulbs from AutoZone. Remember to replace in pairs for maximum visibility. Get in the zone, AutoZone. You do. You talk about Miami High, and I don't. I don't know that our listeners understand what kind of mecca that is for people who want to play basketball, even pro basketball, and the amount of championships that team won. Can you explain what it is like to play there, and and the gym also that's referred to as the asylum? It's a real culture, man. You know what I'm saying? It's a real live culture. You know what I'm saying? Like we was held to a standard. These guys that didn't play the game of basketball anymore, that lived their life however they lived their life. But when it came to us, they made sure we stayed out of trouble. You know what I'm saying? They made sure we went to school. They made sure we did the right shit. Because they came through that culture and they came through that gym and they played in that arena. And they understood what it meant to wear that jersey. And they understood the opportunities that came with that. So I'm going to make sure you stay out of here. You get from around here. Okay, you need a little money here. Take this. Go ahead on. Stay from around here. So we was always held accountable, man. We was always looked out for. We was always taken care of by the guys that came through that arena before me. And that went with the coaches, man. Frank Martin, that's like the father figure. You can't tell nobody that went to Miami High anything bad by Frank Martin. I know people, four or five in the morning, coach, man, I need your help. Come get me. Frank getting up and he coming to get you. He was that kind of guy. Wow. That's powerful. Ross, you, you went to Carroll City High, right? Right. I talked to a friend of yours, Santana Moss, who I covered for years when I was in Washington. He said he was a freshman when you were a senior there, right? And he told me, he's like, the thing that surprises me the most is he could play some football, man. He was so good, right? So he was saying that from the perspective of seeing all the success you have now. Right. That's a polar opposite thing than, than he would have expected because he thought you were going on to do huge things in football. It was a lot of people who felt that way. Because, you know, I played for the legendary Coach Walt Frazier. And, you know, we ran the ball, you know, nine times out of ten. You know, so we had two different <laughs> running backs who had a stack, you know, 1,400 yards one time for Baby James. And yeah, I made all city. I made all day. And to make all day, you had to, to be special in South Florida playing football on offensive line. You had to be dangerous. And that's one thing I was. I most definitely was dangerous. And, and once again, that's that same drive that I apply right now with my career that I had with football. I just knew I wanted to win whatever it was. And so I was ready to sacrifice it all. And so, yeah, I'm a Carrot City chief. I made all city, man. 
and then you went on to Albany State. What made you flip the switch to really focus on music? It's because by the time I got to Albany State, you know, I got the experience, the HBCU life, and I loved it. I enjoyed it. But, I, I you know, it was something in my heart telling me it's something else you got to do. It's something else that's for you. You know, and it wasn't a long process. I might have woke up just a week in a row and said, yo, it's something else you got to do. It's something else that's for you. And I just woke up in the morning, five in the morning and left. Like, they woke up and my bunk was empty. What? <laughs> yeah. I was it. Yeah. And it, it was most definitely uh, uh, an amazing team. Albany State was doing their thing. You know, it was a, a hell of a program. But it was just something else that was on my heart. And I came home because I was still writing music. I still would be up in the middle of the night writing music when everybody else was asleep. That was just a passion I had for so many years. And I came home and just really pursued it. Wow. Because I would say when you think about the way that both of y'all have done what you've done in your fields, hustle is honestly the word I think about. Let me say, let me say one thing. I ain't going to say you, you chose the right or wrong path, but when that every day I'm hustling hit the goddamn city. <laughs> Man, hey man, that was us. That was us. That was, and that still is us. That was an amazing that was moment. Us and that man. still is us. Thank you for that. Thank you for letting the world know. To that point, they didn't get it, but they get it now. They get it now, dog. They got to. They ain't got no choice. They get it now. And some of the names that's being said, that's real. Oh, real, real Ain't nobody making up no names. Yeah. Go check the track records. The Willie Falcons and and the Booby Boy, go check them. That's real. Shout out to Willie Falcon. I spoke to him not even a month ago, man. He did an intro. This is the first time I'm saying this, but the intro to my album, Willie Falcon did. I ain't even know that. See what I'm saying? See how how it go down here? That's Miami Hop. See, yeah, Sal, Willie, Shaky, God bless the dead, all that. Yeah. Why does that mean so much to you guys? Well, if you you know, whenever you get a moment in. You and anybody else listening, you you Google Willie Falcone and, you know, that's a hustler that came from Miami. And when you talk about dollar amounts, it's almost nobody else that you could put next to him unless you mention in Chapo. And when you hear Lil Bro talk about people staying in touch with the community, that's what they did. If you was from the city, if you was with the Miami High, if you was from Miami, if you was going out on the beach when they was out there in them cigarette boats, you saw something that'll change your life. And it was okay if you ain't have nothing. But when you seen this, you was going to get a, a feeling of fulfillment because the dreams and the shit you was going to imagine. After you seen, you know, what was going on, it was going to have to drive you some kind of way. Which way? That was your decision to make. But I know I was driven. Yes, sir. Just being in Miami High, man, understanding what they did for us. They made sure that Miami High was able to travel and play against certain teams and do things on a certain level because they knew kids from where we was from weren't going to get these opportunities. They weren't going to see us. We was already known for football in South Florida, but we had a hell of a basketball team. Y'all had a hell of a football Nobody. track record, boy. Yeah. So if it wasn't for them putting us in those situations, to travel the world and, and get that exposure as basketball players from the city of Miami, man. Who knows how the opportunities are where we would have been. What is the extreme of the riches that you guys are talking about from growing up the way you did? Billions. I used to get up and go to the 183rd Street Fleet Market just to walk through there and see all the drop-top Mercedes and the hustlers walking through that was from the bottom $125 suede ballys. Skip the line in the barbershop, give them $100. I said, damn, my, my haircut was only six. I just seen them give him a honey. Damn. That's what life like. I see what it is. I got him bossed up. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, you out there at the beach and you, you know what I'm saying? You we had because we went to Hollywood Beach. I tell the people all the time, we weren't really on South Beach like that. That wasn't for us at that time. I ain't never got across that bridge until I got in the NBA. I wasn't over there on South Beach. So we went to Hollywood Beach. But when you see them boats going by and you hear the stories of what's going on, how can you not be inspired, man? It's something different than what you see every day in your hood. See, we ain't know that. See, we knew what we saw every day when we woke up. Oh, this is what life is? And then you go out somewhere else and you see it's more to life than what's on your block and what's in your hood. And now you inspire for something different. Now you inspire for something different. You want to get that. And if God gave you a talent to go get it, well, you better use it because he can take it back if he wants to. And you better not stop. So how does that resonate with both of you guys now and not wanting to stop and the inspiration that you give those kids, but also... I mean, both of you speak up, you know, Udonis, the things that you said last year about, you know, activism in the wake of George Floyd. And how much does that now play into your roles, both of you? I mean, for me, it's about evolution. I most definitely pray that somebody could understand leadership, see the leadership and accept the responsibility and the roles that come with being a leader. You know, that's what we got to do. Coming from where I come, seeing the things I've seen, I, I want to be a positive example. But the reality is coming from Carroll City, the inner city of Miami Gardens. And when you hear of the Willie Falcons, the Kenneth Williams and everybody else that I got to see myself, I most definitely draw some of that energy. But to me, it's all about being an example, still being here. Because now my homies who ain't here, when I speak to Willie Falcon, what impressed them the most about me is being a positive light. And that's what it is. Coming from Miami, I want you to know you can accomplish anything that you really put your heart to. And I really believe that. And I just want the youngsters to know that that's sincere. Yeah. And, and for me, you know, following up, you know, what the big homie said, man, we understand that, you know what I'm saying, the names that we mentioned, there was things that people might not agree with, but we also understood the giving part back that they did for us, that helped us. You know what I'm saying? We understood that we're coming back to the community and showing kids in the community what something different outside of what you see every day can do for a kid. That can do a lot for a kid, man. Because if you can find it what you see every day, man, then you tend more likely to go down that path. But if you see something different, then you understand what's really out there for you. So, you know what I'm saying? Everything wasn't glitz and glamour. You know what I'm saying? But we was able to take what we was able to take from it and, and, and be inspired by it. And that's just for me and Ross, man. Everything I do, everybody might not like. I'm going to make mistakes. I've made them before and I'm going to make them again. But what you can take from me is the hustle. You can take the, the accountability. You can take the fact that I ain't going to stop. I'm going to take the gift that God gave me. I'm going to use it the right way, man. I sit down with mayors. You're a great leader. I sit down with mayors, bro. I sit down with commissioners, man. And that's beyond being a basketball player, man. That's something that I want to do for the city. You know what I'm saying? That's beyond 800 degrees, restaurants. You know what I'm saying? I got a charity event that I'm planning with Marcus Samuels where we can, and if you don't know who that is, Yep. I don't know the Red Rooster. So, like, you know what I'm saying? So, like, basketball, even though I love it and it's put me in this position, that's probably the furthest thing from my mind right now. Like Big Homie said, man, the business aspect is how we're going to really, really impact the community. Ain't going to bounce the ball to the top. Bounce the ball going to take you so far. You got to make certain connections from that point on to catapult yourself. Right. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. 
I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. One of the connecting points I was thinking about was, you know, you had success maybe later than you expected or in different ways, right? And I think about 2006, Ross, right? The year of your first single and Udonis, the first championship with the Miami Heat. And it made me think about the things that you guys overcame in a professional sense. And if that was similar for you. As far as, you know, achieving success, accomplishing success, most definitely it was a lot of work put into it, you know, but I, I leave it in the hands of destiny. And now it's just my responsibility to continue to do what I love, which is this, and find ways to remain creative and continue to not just survive, but excel, you know? And hopefully I'm still doing everything I learned right here in Miami, growing up in Miami. It feels natural. Were there like moments that you would consider level up moments for you, you know, as an artist, whether you were finding your way or taking the more entrepreneurial side? I'm sure I had a lot of light bulb moments, but for me, everything I've done, you know, it's it's been slow, gradual success and just a grind, which I'm fine with. I'm totally fine with. I totally love it. I'm cool with that. You know what I'm saying? That much sweeter, man. Yeah, yeah. UD, you know, when you think about the draft, playing then in France after going undrafted, how did that shape you? I mean, you know, a lot of people talk about success, man. And I think, you know, the biggest difference between a lot of people that have success and people that don't is just this thing they call grit. Because at some point you're going to be challenged. At some point you're going to fail. How we all respond to that, you know what I'm saying, has a lot to do with how things pan out for us. I gave myself one night. I ain't going to say that, you know, I'm a, I'm a human being. I'm a, you know, I have feelings. So I was pissed. I was hurt by the fact I didn't get drafted. So I gave myself one night in France. I had a box of Black and Miles and a bottle of Hennessy. And I gave myself, I gave myself a pity party that one night. And I told myself that this the one night. And after after that one night, I got to it. I ain't never looked back. I stayed on American time. I used to stay up at night and take naps during the day. But I literally, I literally stayed on American time because in my mind, I'm just setting the tone for like this a pit stop. I'm going back. I understand that this got to be my journey. But I ain't want to blame every NBA team because there was people that said they were going to draft, and I should have been drafted, but I wasn't. You know what I'm saying? But like the homies say, the slow grind, when you finally achieve the things that you want to achieve or the things that you're working for, it just makes it that more sweeter, that much more fun to, to enjoy. You know what I'm saying? Because you know the work that you put into it. And then to come back and do what you did in your hometown. Legendary. Wow. Right? Uh, that was big, man. That was big. I mean, for me, people always talk about the opportunity to go against Dirk and what you did differently and did things like that. Man, the reason why I played so damn hard is because I had to come back to my hometown because my homeboys would have roasted my ass. Your homeboy is going to let you know. You ain't got to turn on ESPN. You ain't got to turn on Sports Center. You ain't got to listen to the coach. By the time you get to the locker room, your homeboy going to let you know he tore your ass up. They ain't going to lay off you. Ross know how that go. You, you and your homeboys are get into a fist fight. And the next day, y'all see each other walking to the store and it's all love again. Your homeboy is going to let you know. So I was inspired by so many things. But in the back of my mind, I'm saying to myself, man, if this man do me in the NBA finals on national TV, my homeboys is going to let my ass have it. Like, it's the smallest thing in the world, man. But I was just saying to myself, I got to show up. I got to show up. My homeboys going to let me know. So what was the reaction? They was proud of me. Yeah. I did my thing. They was proud of me, man. I, I mean, for me, you know what I'm saying? It was a huge weight lifted off my shoulders because I had to overcome so much. But then it made me want more. It made me want to achieve it again and made me want more and more success. And that's where evolution come in because you can't be the same player every season and think that you're going to keep winning championships. How has the game evolved 
I mean, the talent level is unmatched. Obviously, there's way more talent, but there's a little bit of disconnect with sometimes accountability and work ethic. And that's where a guy like myself finds value. Because if you can get these guys with all this talent to be accountable and to have work ethic consistently, not when they feel like it, consistently, then you're dealing with a whole different animal, what you can get out of some of these guys. And then you can have a guy that becomes a leader. And then when your best player is your leader, now you're dealing with a whole different aspect of what you can do with your ball court. Well, how was that different from you back in 2003? I mean, for me now, obviously, I'm not on, I'm not in the court right now. But when I used to play, I used to always have a slogan or a saying that I used to say, sometimes you got to have a part for everybody. So when I was on the court, I understood that it might be my role to knock somebody on the ass. You know what I'm saying? That ain't going to be for D-Way to Braun. You know what I'm saying? That ain't for them. I try to inject that to my teammates now. You know what I'm saying? I understand that I'm not on the court, but I can get to your ass. Don't act crazy or don't talk crazy. I can get to your ass and I let everybody know and I let everybody know that. You know what I'm saying? So for me, just understanding, man, everything ain't for everybody. I understand my role, man. Like I said, I approach every game, every opportunity. Is like I'm going to have enough heart for everybody on this roster. Whatever my role got to be tonight, I'm going to have that heart and I'm going to make sure I feel that gap. Ross, how's the music game changed? Oh, it's most definitely changed a lot. You know, from the blueprint I came in, the game with, you know, 0405. You know, right now it's all about streaming and the game is much more youthful. But to me, it's dope. You know, I love to see the young, the youngsters chasing their dream and and being creative and, you know, creating their own unique sounds. Just a lot of different things going on. I love what I'm seeing straight up. I love what I'm seeing. Not what's going on with the youngsters in the streets, but the music. I'm most definitely loving the music they make. Do you have to rein them in in any shape or form? You know, I just let it go. Whether it's the young homie Rod Wave or if it's, you know, whatever, you know, me and Drizzy got going on, whatever's, whatever popping, it don't matter to me. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm going to leave the music on and I want to listen to it. That's whether if it's Afrocentric music, if it's R&B, if it's old school, whatever it is. I'm a big fan of season ticket holder. What you all did together with Dwayne Wade. How'd that come to be? We sat in the studio and uh, it was just something cool. It was just something fun. You know, we talked about doing, D wanted to do it. You know, of course, Udonis came through. You know, we was talking about doing the sneaker, you know, the sneaker situation. And, you know, it was coming up to D-Wade last season. And we wanted to make it unique. You know, his 16th, we celebrated. And that's what we did. So we had fun, went to the studio, had a little fun, kicked some shit. He sounds good. You know, the big homie dropped the verse. It was easy for him. Me and D-Wade got in the studio. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We might have been bit off more than we could chew up in here, my they boy. was in the studio having a good time, though, man. That shit was Yeah, funny. we thought we was going to get in there and just drop that verse like we doing an interview after, <laughs> after the final. Really? It, it, it was not that easy. It was not that easy, man. But I was for me, I appreciated them coming through, man, or inviting me through, man. My brother D-Wade, you know, it's something that he wanted to do. And, man, regardless of whatever it is, man, I'm down. If you wanted me to rap, you wanted me to come through, you wanted me to make the beat, whatever you need from me, uh, bro, I'm there. So I was there. So I came to Miami in 2003. That's when um, I moved there to work covering sports and thinking about what you all did with the Miami Heat and how you have been on the ground floor of that. When we think about it, you played with so many different generations of epic players. What sticks out to you most when you think back across that whole time? I mean, just the different, like you said, the different generations of players and how, how it's helped me. And how it's changed me. People think about what I've been able to do for some of these guys, but man, what some of these guys have been able to do for me, as far as keeping me inspired every day, getting up, you know, saying with a reason to go out there and stay in shape, the age of forty, 
you know what I'm saying, giving me a reason to go out there and, and, and push myself beyond limits that I have to at this stage of the game. You know, I've achieved success, man, but every year it's a new guy coming in that's an underdog. You know what I'm saying? Every year that's a new opportunity with a new team that people don't believe in. I have the opportunity to impact, help and change these guys' life as well as, you know, bring another championship to the city of Miami as well as continue to stay in shape and and inspire myself by being around these young guys. I got to be around these guys every day, man. I got to take my shirt off too. I don't be looking crazy around (laughs) these little 22, 23-year-olds, man. They already called me OG. Now they're going to call me old man. Like, I ain't going that route. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, we help each other, man. So just as much as I've inspired them, they've brought me to this point, you know what I'm saying? Mentally, physically, emotionally. Everything that I am now is because of some of the experiences that I've had with these different generations and these different teams and these different guys. How long is uh, Rose going to have to wait to see another title? You guys think that you're close with what you have? We got work to do. You know what I'm saying? We got work to do. I think with the moves that we've made, we've improved our chances. The East is still right there for us. And I'm looking forward to the opportunity to make this run down the second half. But I think we definitely can. I think when you put us in a room with anybody, I'm betting on us to come out. Rose, what did you think about the Victor Oladipo trade? Oh, that was most definitely real positive. I'm ready to get ready to see him get in motion, get, you know, accustomed to the vibe and the energy and turn all the way up. Yeah, he excited. He excited. I seen Victor Day, man. He excited. That's lovely. Tell him I said what's happening, too. You know everybody want to tap in with you, big homie. I need to be your agent, man. <laughs> I need to be. Can, can I get a percentage, big dog? <laughs> everybody, listen. Everybody know when they tap in with OG, they know if they want to tap in with the big homie, they know where to go to. You better believe it, man. They know that's my family. That's my family. Because it's love, man. They know that you got my ear and I got yours, man. That's so that's the, the mutual respect, man. Because the big homie will pick up a call and do things for me, and I pick up a call and do things for him that we ain't got it. And that's love. I'm really excited to tell you about Indeed, the job site that makes hiring super easy. You post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. You get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. It makes connecting with and hiring the right talent super fast and super easy with tools like Indeed Instant Match, giving you quality candidates whose resume on Indeed fits your job description immediately and Indeed skills tests that on average reduces hiring time by 27%. If you're hiring, you need Indeed and you can get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your first job post at indeed.com slash athlete. Get a $75 credit at indeed.com slash athlete. Indeed.com slash athlete. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. So now y'all can help each other out on X's and O's. Are you ready? These are rapid fire questions for both of y'all. Oh, shit. I'm ready. (laughs) All right. What was the first album that you bought in a store? I ain't going to say the first album I bought in the store, but I'm going to say one of my favorite albums, one of my top three albums that don't probably get enough credit, Deeper Than Rap, Big Homie. Deeper Than Rap was five. I still listen to Deeper Than Rap right now today. I don't know what the masses did or how many numbers it sold. Oh, oh, we we did good, baby. They supported us. I love Deeper Than Rap. Jose, how about you? I remember one of the first records, I mean, uh, a cassette that was given to me as a gift. It was uh, Reby Jackson, Centipede. (laughs) (laughs) All right, this is a good one. What's your favorite heat? championship team 2006 2012 or 2013 
Rick Ross, I'm going to let you go first. That's too easy. I'm going to say like this, whatever year this fall under, it's UD, it's Bosch, it's D-Wade, and it's LeBron. UD? 06 with the big fella, man, because we was young. People counted us out. We were down 02 in that series. Like, there was no way people thought we could win that series. And when D-Wade said we ain't going out like that, it was just something that clicked. You know what I'm saying? It was shit. It was like shit. Swaying for the fences. Do you have a good story from that run that that folks haven't heard? Is there something that you can share just about that chemistry? Yeah. We was a party in this team. Anybody probably knew. That's how the chemistry started. Really? That's Miami. You got to think about it now. This around the time that, you know, as athletes, you get paid to go when you go to cities for parties. So if you was a big time athlete, you land in a certain city, somebody going to pay you some money to go to to throw a party. So now you got to understand, I got Shaq on my team. I got D-Wade on my team. I got Gary Payton on my team. I got Antoine Walker on my team. Yeah. A lot of party options out here. And, and listen, we got a fellowship. Can't win a championship without fellowship and building that camaraderie and those symbiotic relationships with your teammates. So we did a lot of fellowship. Rick Ross, is it like that in the music world too? It most definitely be like that at different points. When the energy and the vibe all the way turned up and certain things be right, it most definitely be uh, magical, historic nights. Yeah. All right. You're going out for a night in South Beach. This plays right into what UD just said. Where are you going? Restaurant Carbone. UD, I'm going to let you choose the club. I mean, it was live on Sunday. I don't club no, that much more. I'm, I'm in my 40s. It was. I'm in my 40s. I don't club We're going to leave no it more, live but... on Sunday just for the books. Yeah, yeah ain't nothing touch that. It ain't there no more, but for the books. Remember the place Bed? Bed was the shit. Yeah, I remember Bed. You step, you get your little bed with the little shears and all that. You up in the car. I remember seeing I remember seeing the big homie over in the corner. I'm on one bed. He on one bed. You know, it's all love. I might send a bottle. He might send a bottle. You know what it is. That was that bad. All right. What does it mean to be a boss? Man, I, I, once again, taking it from what Big Homie said, man, is how many people can you impact and empower? I don't think bossing up is what you can do for yourself. How many people can you impact and empower? Measure success by how many people you bless. That's a bar for you real quick, too. You heard what he said. You see how natural that shit was? <laughs> Truly. Okay, who's the bigger boss, Scarface or Pat Riley? Man, you playing? I don't know how you might answer that. Pat Riley. <laughs> right? The only way you can. Yeah, Pat. Yeah, you see what he just did? We got beat the Ola Depot for like almost nothing. If that shit wasn't gangster. All right, who's cheaper, you did, Shaq or LeBron? Oh, man. LeBron. LeBron <laughs> frugal as hell, boy. LeBron <laughs> frugal as hell. I love the death, but shit, that's how the rich stay rich. You know what I'm saying? Rick Ross, your favorite old school video game. Tech Mobile. I knew you were going to say that. Gangsta. Do that thing to Bo Jackson to get out the way. Yeah. My son just started playing that. Really? Isn't that funny? He's seven. He what system it. is he playing it on? It's it's some old school. You can get him off Amazon. I got him. I took him with me to the bubble. You get him off Amazon and it got all, it got like 50 games on. He just plugged the shit They're into like the HDMI. You play all of the, yeah, you play all the Nintendo games. I had the, I had the Sega Genesis and I had the Nintendo in the bubble. Yeah. He, his mind is blown. And then he saw Madden and he was like, wait a minute, it's not Tech Mobile. What? Like, I can't, you know what I mean? I can play this. That's dope that he could appreciate those games, man. Because those are games I still play. All right. Pre-game or pre-show routine. Rick Ross, what's yours? I'm going to sip some Bel Air. I'm going to sip some Bumble. I'm going to smoke lightly. 
And I usually just conversate with my homies that, you know, that's traveling with me. You don't it's how about you? Music. You know what I'm saying? Music, get in the weight room and listen to that music that get me in my vibe. Every day I'm hustling is always on play. Everything that mentally prepares me for an uphill battle. I don't care who we lining up against. I'm going to create a situation and make it feel like I'm the underdog and I got to prove something. You create these scenarios in your mind. You know what I'm saying? So every time I'm getting ready for a game, it's always that kind of music being played. What music are you playing now? Listen to a little bit of everything, man. I still bump Tupac. You know what I'm saying? Still bump Ross. Still bump JT. Still bump Trick. You talk about uh, Nip. Shout out. I bump Kodak. J. Cole. A lot of young fellas in Dade County, man, that I've been just trying to bump to. A lot of young fellas in Florida. Uh, J. Dot Breezy. I don't ever want to be that old head that's like, oh, that don't want to listen to that. Like, nah, man. I respect what they're doing. I respect their craft and the work that they're putting in. Do you guys still let Jimmy Butler control the uh, the music in the locker room? I listen to a little country. Yeah? Yeah, that's it's this Matt Steele song that I like. The more I drink, the better I think. Drink, drink, line them up, honey. I got a big fat pocket full of money. Yeah, I like that. Jimmy put me on some tracks now. I love it. Rick Ross, if you weren't doing what you're doing, what would you be doing? Lord knows. I might be the Miami Heat water boy. You never know. You would have figured it out. Yeah, I would have figured something out. Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> I would have figured something out. <laughs> it's in our blood. What do you have there in your glass? What are you drinking? Oh, well, this is some bumble cream. And I actually mixed it with some bumble rum. It's relaxed. It's real smooth and it's chill. I got to mix that up then. You know, I got, you know, I got my bar set up, so I'm going to mix that up. Try that. That might be a drink for the wife. The wife might like that. that I'm, the wife might like that. It's real right. smooth. You guys are the best. Udonis Haslam, Rick Ross. You guys, thank you. Thank you so much for joining. You guys make Miami seem like a lot of fun, for sure. Thank you for having us. Thanks. The truth. Thank you for having us, man. Be home. I always love, brother. Every time, brother. Every time. You know we gonna link always, whenever you get time and I get time. Until then, keep inspired, keep hustling. Much love. We ain't gonna never stop. And at some point, we gonna connect on a business deal. You know I oh, got yeah, the flowery yeah, yeah, yeah. and this. My wife doing the flowery and this and that and the third, so we got business to handle, you too. You already know. We finna get it. We just warming up. For sure. That's yes, up. Thank you, Lindsay. You're welcome. You did good luck the rest of the way, okay? Thank you. You got it. All right, guys. Bye. I had so much fun talking to Rick and Udonis, and I realized I called them both each like three different names in the process, but there were, there were just so many to choose from. Rick, Rosé, UD, Udonis. One thing that I, I did want to mention here is, as I'm processing that conversation, I am just always fascinated by the difference a good coach can make in someone's life. And when I say difference, I mean extreme difference. I'm talking about the ultimate success failure, even mediocrity. I see that across the board covering sports. And I think these guys both touched on that, but the ability for someone to come into a career and be paired with a legend like Pat Riley or Eric Spolstra or a musical mentor, a high school coach that makes such a difference. That's everything. And listening to these guys showed me once again, they had those examples to follow, but now both of them have chosen to be those types of mentors and leaders in the worlds of basketball and music. And I think that's awesome because you don't always see that. I loved the story Udonis Haslam shared about the 2006 championship team. I was like, okay, so that was the secret. It was the partying, right? And I remember covering sports there when Shaq arrived and he he immediately 
was obviously larger than life, but he injected a burst of energy and personality to that group that hadn't been there before. Also though, Udonis, three championships in, and now in a role where he's not seeing time on the court, but he's motivating. That's so cool. The other thing that this brought back for me was when I first got to Miami, I was so young and I was just like, oh my God, this is so amazing because the city is just vibrant and beautiful and so much going on, right? But I also remember hearing the stories a lot from the athletes I was covering about upbringings, like both of these guys talked about, the danger on the streets, the drugs, the things that they saw in terms of violence. Those challenges were very real. And hearing those stories really brought a different perspective for me at that time. And the things that they saw growing up were in stark contrast to the sparkle and shine of those cigarette boats Rick Ross mentioned. So to see that imagery after he's telling that story about, okay, so that is such a driving force. It's them being able to identify an object and a thing that is partially motivation. I found that just so interesting how they also leaned on guys growing up around them to help them escape that. So I'm just grateful for how open they were and for this conversation in general and the different stories that they weaved in and out to help highlight the commonalities between music and sports in this way. And thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Artist and the Athlete.